0: All right, all right, okay, okay, what's up, everybody, it's LJ Talks Facts right here, Just some facts, like always, of course, I hope you guys are enjoying your Halloween, guys, happy Halloween to every single one of you, hope you guys are safe, and hope you guys have a great time tonight, whatever you guys are doing here on Halloween, I just went out for a little bit of a walk, so, you know, of course, you know, people walking around here on Halloween, you know, trick-or-treating, it was really nice, because last year, you know, it was really quiet during Halloween, for obvious reasons, you know, with, you know, with COVID last year, it was really nice to see people out today and join the holiday. That's what it's all about. Because last year, it didn't feel like Halloween. This year, it definitely does. I actually saw somebody across the street from me wearing a fucking, like a legit Cartman suit. Like, you couldn't see their face. Like, they were legit in an Eric Cartman suit. That was actually so fucking funny, and I popped for that. That was hilarious. That was fucking great. I just saw one of my... One of my buddies was dressed up as the fucking ghost face. I was walking down the block. I talked to him for a little bit. Uh, for a little bit. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And again, I hope you guys have a great Halloween today. Enjoy the rest of whatever you're doing today. Whether you're going out, partying, you know. Be safe, of course. Because people do get stupid on holidays. Just that's any holiday. Just how it is, though. Be safe and have a good time. But all right. This is my AEW Rampage review, and we'll let you guys know there will be an episode tomorrow where I'll be talking about my Dallas Cowboys versus the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see what happens in four hours when my Cowboys take on the Vikings. I don't know if Dak Prescott's going to start. They haven't said anything yet. It's up in the air, so who knows? The decision might come right before kickoff. Who knows? So maybe a couple hours before kickoff. So I really don't know who's going to be starting, whether it's going to be Dak or Cooper Rush. I don't know yet. And there might be two episodes tomorrow because... Tonight is game five of the World Series between the Astros and the Braves. And the Braves are up three games to one. And if Atlanta wins, they win tonight. They win the World Series. So we definitely got to talk about that. So there may be two episodes uh, tomorrow. We'll see what happens. The Cowboys one's already locked in. The Braves and Astros, that's probable for tomorrow. And, of course, Tuesday I'll be making my week nine predictions of the 2020 NFL of the 2021 NFL season. So there you go. Alright, now let's talk about Rampage. So AEW Rampage right here, the last AEW show of October. Let's jump right into it. So the first match of the night in the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament in the semifinals between Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston. Whoever wins goes to the finals and will face Jon Moxley or Eddie Kingston, which most likely will be Jon Moxley. And I gotta say, this match between Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston absolutely kicked ass. It absolutely kicked ass. Like holy shit, these two beat the hell out of each other. And Daniel and, and I keep saying Daniel Bryan, and fucking Brian Danielson's fucking chest was beating red. It was beating red after the match. Eddie Kingston was chopping him and chopping him and chopping him. It was insane. Just a, an amazing match between these two guys. Like, holy shit. And the crowd gave it a standing ovation in the middle of the match or like towards or towards the end of the match. There was a standing ovation for these two guys. And it was half and half with the crowd. A lot of people were chanting for Brian, and a lot of people were chanting for Eddie. You know... Uh, You know, I've been thinking too now because, like, I know I always bring up, like, you know, who should be the next TNT champion after Sammy Guevara? Because he was the right guy after Miro. But now you think of it, who will be the right guy after Sammy? Maybe it will be Eddie Kingston. Maybe it is Eddie Kingston. Because Eddie Kingston really has it all. He's got the fucking charisma, the mic skills. He's good in the ring, he could sell a match for you. You know, I think maybe it should be Eddie. It's a tough decision when it comes to the TNT title. Like I said, for the AEW world title, we know it's going to be Hangman. That's going to become the next champion. For the tag team titles, it's most likely going to be Santana and Ortiz. You know, it could be FTR, but eventually down the line, it will be Santana and Ortiz. And for the women's title, the AEW women's world title, it's going to be be Thunder Rosa. It's got to be because it makes sense. And you know it was a TBS Women's uh, Championship tournament. We already know it's got to be Jade Cargill that's going to win. it. They have to give it to Jade. So, just with the TNT title, it's it's hard to predict. It's oh my god, it's hard to predict who's going to be the next champion after Sammy. Like who could Sammy really work with? Maybe, maybe it is Eddie, because you really want to build a nice long story. You know what I mean. That's what I want to see. I want to see a nice long story right there. Between, like, Sammy and Eddie, potentially, if it happens. But we'll see. But now, back to this match, these two are really just kicking the shit out of each other. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like, oh boy. (laughs) It's like, I didn't want this match to end at all. I didn't. I didn't want this match to end at all. I wish I had a 60-minute time limit. Like, oh, my God. I didn't want it to end. It was just, it was so good. It's like, ever since Brian Danielson has arrived in AEW, he has just put on banger after banger. With Kenny Omega. With Nick Jackson. With Bobby Fish. With Dustin Rhodes. Or even before that, with Minoru Suzuki. And now Eddie Kingston. What else can this man do? He might win wrestler of the year. Because he's putting on so many fucking great matches. Like, he put on so many great matches before he left WWE. And ever since he's entered AEW, he's put on great match after great match. And whether, you know... Whether he faces Mox or Cassidy at full gear, it's going to be a fucking amazing match. I mean, it should be Mox versus Brian. I mean, would I mind... Brian versus Cassidy, I have to say yes. That's nothing against Cassidy. It's just Brian and Mox can build more of a story. You know, they faced off before in the WWE. This is a big time match right here, you know, to get a shot at the AEW World title. So obviously, it should be very obvious you got to do Brian versus Mox. You just have to. And I believe they're going to. So I already spoiled who won this match right here, but no. You know, and I thought Brian was legitimately hurt for a second when he took the the back suplex outside the ring from Eddie, but he's just really good at selling. It's just, you know, from seeing Brian, you know, being hurt a lot in the past, I get nervous when he does those kind of spots, you know, with his head, his neck. I just get like, okay, hold on, Brian. Please relax a little bit. I don't want to see you hurt again, please. Cause I'm being honest with you guys. I legit cried when Brian danced when he was Daniel Bryan back in 2016 when he legit retired from professional wrestling. Like, I legit cried. Because it was such a sad story when you think of it. Like, you know, he's had, he had such a great story. You know, coming in to, you know, coming in here now to the big leagues in the WWE in 2010. Losing every match in NXT. Where NXT, it wasn't like um, what it is now, obviously. It was a whole different thing back then. Like, where they were rookies. But they wrestled all over the place. You know, a lot of people probably thought, if you were a kid like me... You would think, oh, okay, these guys have never wrestled before. They're, that's why they're called rookies. But, no, as you get older, you do your history. Like, oh, they did wrestle other places. You know, when, you know. of course, when you're young, you're going to think that. But, um, no, nope, I mean, he got to the main roster. We got, we got fucking fired for what he did to Justin Roberts, you know, choking him out with the tie. That wasn't a good look right there. That wasn't good. But then he came back two months later. Then he did win the United States Championship. Won the money in the bank. They should I say smack that money in the bank. Won the world heavyweight title. Didn't like the way he lost it at WrestleMania, though, to Sheamus in 18 seconds. I'm like, really? That's that's what they did right there? I was like, seriously? I, I, I was just like, it felt so weird. Like, that's how it ends? Like, that's, how, that's how his title reign ends? Like, come on. You know, and they really built up that underdog storyline from 2012, 2013. You know, Team Hell No with him and Kane was fucking awesome. I loved that. You know, even if I was a grown adult, I would have loved it because the chemistry they had was just fucking awesome, and I loved it so much. And in 2013, when he really became that underdog, you know, just putting it all on the line. He won the WWE title, but then they screwed him over that night, and then he kept on getting screwed over and screwed over and screwed over by Everybody. Wasn't even in the Royal Rumble. Wasn't even supposed to be in the main event of WrestleMania. But the Yes movement became so big. Just like Kofi Mania became so big five years later. That WWE had to put the belts on him. Just like the belts. It was both belts, you know. And then he won it. And he had that miracle story. But then he got hurt. And he didn't wrestle for a whole year. And then he got eliminated so quickly in the Royal Rumble. It just was like, really? Like, oh, Okay. He won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania Okay In the ladder match But then he got hurt And then again we didn't see him For another whole year until he announced his retirement But then he got back in the ring Two years later Eventually won back the WWE title The title that he never lost When you think of it he never lost it You know he never even got a rematch Oh he never got a rematch for it No he didn't He had a chance to get a rematch but he never did you know, but when he won, he had that heel run. I, I wasn't a big fan of his heel run in 2018 to 2019. I wasn't a big fan of it, even though I'm a huge Brian Danielson fan. I just, I wasn't a big fan of that heel run. Like, I just wasn't a fan of it. But then, you know, he turned babyface again, which I was like, thank God. <laughs> Put on a great match after great match, then he left. And I did not think he would go to AEW. I didn't think he would, though. Maybe he was going to be legitimately done with wrestling. But here he is now. You know, I don't mean to like break down his, like, his whole career with WWE and now AEW, but you look at his story, Because I'm being so serious, guys. Like, I legit cried that night on February 8, 2016, when Brian Danielson, who was known as Daniel Bryan at the time, announced that he was retiring. And I thought it was a whole work. I'm thinking, okay, somebody's going to come out, and they're going to set up something for WrestleMania, which I would be like, okay, that makes sense. But no, it legit ended just like that. I'm sure a lot of people in the arena thought the same thing too. Maybe like, you know, maybe somebody's gonna come out and set up something. But no, it was a legit retirement. And I think what it was because WWE wouldn't clear him, and he just got tired of it. Like you know, they weren't clearing him to wrestle, and I think he was healthy at the time. Like he was able to. But then two years later, he got back in the ring. He has such a great story. Like he really does. It was a sad story at first, but now. Just look at just look at where he is right now. Like I don't mean to get like really emotional, but that's what makes you love professional wrestling. You know, that's what makes you love professional wrestling in general. It's just a great story. You just gotta love it. Because I didn't think he was gonna come back into the wrestling after he left WWE after WrestleMania. I didn't think he was gonna come back. I thought he was done. But no. Here he is right now, and him and Eddie tore it down on Rampage. They tore it down, and I thought Eddie was gonna win when he had that back, uh, like that backhand that he uses. He Hit the backhand on Brian Danielson, and I thought he was gonna get up right away, Brian. But he sold it pretty good. You know, it looked like he was gonna get up, but then he didn't. Um, but then you know he kept on, he kept on fighting him. And Eddie was trying to take advantage, and he was for a little while. But then, but then Brian got him in the triangle, and he got him in that sleeper triangle. And then Eddie flipped him off, and then Brian was... Or before he was flipping him off, Brian was just fucking hitting him in the head with the elbow. Elbow to the head. Elbow to the head. Elbow to the head. Eddie was fading away, flipped off Brian. He fell asleep, and Brian Danielson gets the win over Eddie Kingston. And he is moving on to the finals in the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. And we'll find out this Wednesday between Jon Moxley and Orange Cassidy. We'll find out who's going to face Brian Danielson in the finals at Full Gear for a shot at the AEW World Title. We'll have to wait and see. But again, guys, I'm sorry for getting, like, you know, emotional. It's just, I've really just thought about Brian Danielson's career. It's just, it's been some story. It's been a hell of a ride. It's been a hell of a ride. Like, whenever he has, like, his Hall of Fame speech... They got to let him go on for a long time because there's so much to break down with his so- with his story of professional wrestling. It's an amazing story. You can make it a movie. His story can literally be a movie. Like legit. You look at Brian Davis and you look at his career. It should be a movie. It really should be. When we got back from commercial, we did see, like, uh, during the break, like, Brian Danson tried to shake hands with Eddie Kingston, you know, to show respect, and Eddie walked off. He just walked off. Didn't shake his hand, didn't slap it away, just walked away. And we, went back, we went backstage, we saw Tony Schiavone with CM Punk. You know, everybody's been thinking, like, okay, who is CM Punk going to feud with? He's not going to feud with Bobby Fish, you know, he just beat him on Dynamite, so it wouldn't make sense for them to do a feud like... Who is Punk in a feud with now? Like, what are they going to do? And Punk was getting interviewed by Shivani, you know. Shivani bringing up CM Punk's birthday. And by the way, happy belated birthday to both, you know, Bobby Fish and CM Punk. Um, you know, and Tony Shivani talking about CM Punk being undefeated. Punk was talking. Then you heard Eddie Kingston in the background. And then he came along. You heard him swearing. But they, you know, of course, bleeped it out. But then he came in and he slapped the microphone in Shavani's hand he's like I know you I know you what's so funny why are you laughing what's so funny and then we saw Ruby Soho and a couple a couple extra um, extras come in like uh, Sean Dean I don't know who the other guy it was you know trying to separate Eddie Kingston from CM Punk and CM Punk's like you wanna go to sleep again I saw what just happened to you it's unprofessional is what he said to him <laughs> I'm disappointed in you and Punk's like are we out of time and Shavani's like yep we're out of time so, there we go right there. There we go. It looks like we're going to be getting CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like right now. And I'm down to see that match. I am very down to see the promos between these two guys in the next two weeks. And I'm really looking forward to the match. So, there you go, guys. CM Punk's got a feud. So, now you can stop bitching. You know, think like I was telling you guys after the Bobby Fish match... Things take time. You don't want to fucking rush shit. You know, you got to like take it easy. You don't want to rush a storyline. When you do that, all hell breaks loose and it never works. When a storyline is rushed, it never works. You got to ease into it and give it time. It's like a newborn that's being brought back into the world. Or being brought into the world. Not brought back, oh my God. Being brought into the world. You got to ease the child into life. You can't say, get a fucking job. Like, you got to ease the child into life. They got to crawl and they got to walk and then they can run, you know, and then they got to learn how to speak, obviously, too. You know, you got to ease things, got to take things easy, You can't rush shit. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just saying, guys. It's just how life works. It's just how it is. You can't rush anything. I know a lot of people like to live life, you know, in the fast lane. I don't mean by, like, that type of fast lane where they're having fucking sex like crazy. I'm saying, like, where they just live life, like, like on the edge. Like, they're always fucking doing shit so quickly. You gotta, you gotta take your time with things. You know what I mean? Rome wasn't built in a day. And neither was CM Punk's AEW career. It takes time could you imagine if, if back in like 2006 when CM Punk went to WWE if they would have put the WWE title on him right away it just wouldn't make sense you're putting him in a bad spot you got to ease him into it a couple years later he became world champion so like let's just hold on just that's how you guys do things guys but now we do get to the next match between Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. It's their third match. They wrestled once on uh, Dark. They've wrestled on Dynamite. And now they're wrestling on Rampage. Seidel is 2-0 over uh, Dante. He's 2-0. This is a big match here for Dante to get a win right here. Because Dante's been very impressive these last couple of months. He needs this win. He absolutely needs it. And these two put on another great match. Just like they had a great match back on Dynamite back in June. And now... A few months later here on Rampage, they put on a better match. It always seems like that third match is always the best match. That's what it always seems like. No, but these two really did put on a good match. And Dante Martin, you know, doing other shit as well in the ring. Like, he's not flying around every single time. Like, he's getting more, not like technical, but he's getting more creative. He's becoming a little bit like Seidel. In a way, was what, was what I'm trying to say. Like you give Dante Martin like a submission like finisher, you got it right there. You got it. Like Malachi Black really put, I you know a lot of people would say Dante Martin was put on the map with the uh, where it was him and um who was it was him and the Seidel brothers versus Kenny and the Unbucks. You could say, oh, that put Dante on the map. I think Dante versus Malachi. Really put him on the map. Because it was a one-on-one match. And you're facing a guy who has so much experience in Malachi. And so does Kenny and the Unbucks as well. But I'm saying Malachi has got the most of experience. And what Dante did against him was awesome. Malachi really put him over. And the way Dante sold for the Black Mass back-to-back weeks was so impressive. He sold it like a fucking veteran. He didn't sell it like a 20-year-old kid. He sold it like a veteran. Like, I don't know if he taught himself how to sell like that. Or maybe someone really taught him how to sell really good. But holy shit did he sell those Black masses twice. Just perfectly. So I think the match with him and Malachi really put him on the map. Here in AEW. That's what I truly believe. But, um... But, no, Dante and Seidel with Leo Rush in Dante's corner. We didn't see Mike Seidel because, obviously, he's injured. It was supposed to be a tag team match. So, hopefully, we do get that tag team match pretty soon. I hope Mike Seidel is okay. And we do know Darius Martin. He's going to come back eventually. And now you think of it, does Darius Martin come in and step in and push Leo Rush away from Dante? Or does Darius Martin also join up with them? And they build a stable between Leo Rush and Top Flight. That seems that makes more sense right there because I mean, are you gonna make Dante a heel right now? I mean, well, actually, I don't know if he'll be a heel either way, but a singles heel with Leo, I don't know if that works. But you get Darius in there as well. That's a dangerous group right there. That would be something, you know, if they if they do add the trio's belts sometime. Leo and Top Flight as Trio's champions. That would be interesting. I wouldn't mind it. I would absolutely love it. All the talent that's in that stable right there. That would be amazing. That would be so amazing to see. But no, I swear the shit Dante does. Like, this guy is 20 years old. And he's flying around the ring. My ass is 21 years old. I mean, you're older than Dante. If I fucking land the wrong way By just getting out of bed My fucking leg hurts for like a couple days Or my foot hurts for a couple days Like holy shit Imagine me doing that shit right now Like what the fuck I really wish I could do the shit that he does Like it's amazing It really is You know I'd say in a couple years He could be world champion He really could be He could be the youngest AEW world champion He's 20 years old in a couple of years, it'll be 22 or 23. That would be just amazing if they do make him world champion. They've got to give it time, though. They've got to ease him into it. You don't, you don't want to do it right away. I mean, it was a big test being in the ring with the AEW world champion and Kenny Omega back in August. But like I said, between him and Malachi, that match put him on the map. It really did. And it looked like Sidell was going to get the win. He was going for the... He's going for his finisher that he's beaten Dante with twice. But Dante got out of it. Went on the top rope. Fucking did a nice flip on Seidel. One, two, three. And Dante Martin gets probably right now the biggest win of his AEW career. A huge, and I mean huge, win over Matt Seidel. And I was getting flashbacks during the match because... They brought up Chris Jericho versus Matt Seidel. and when Matt Seidel was Evan Bourne back in 2010, they faced off at a Fatal Four Way in 2010. On the next night on Monday Night Raw, so I was getting flashbacks. I was actually at um Fatal Four Way at the Nassau Coliseum out in Long Island, and I remember Jericho came out. He cut a promo. I forgot what he like. He said. I don't know. If he was. I think he was criticizing the fans. I don't know if he said he deserves a WWE title shot. or He just deserves a world title shot in general, and then. Evan Bourne's Matt Seidel now. He came out. I think it was like an impromptu match. I don't think it was scheduled for Fatal 4-Way. They put on a great match, and Evan Bourne won. I was like shocked as fuck. I was like, no way he's going to win. And I thought right then and there they were going to push Evan. I thought they were. He did get to win the tag team titles with Kofi, but that's it. I thought maybe he was going to get like a massive push because he teamed up with Cena Weeks before to face Sheamus and Edge in a tag team match. And he did awesome. It's just... Maybe Vince didn't see him as a top guy in the business. Maybe he didn't see him as that. Maybe he didn't see him as world championship material. Would have been nice. But it's what it is. It's what it is though. Always remember that though. Now we do get to the main event of the evening. The trick or treat match. The trick, that it's, no, it's a no-disqualification match. The treat is, if Aberdon beats Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the AEW Women's World Champion, if Aberdon wins, she gets an AEW World title shot against Britt Baker. Which means they'll be able to face off again, but this time it'll be for the belt. So I'm like, okay, so it's kind of like, you know, an, uh, an Eliminator match. You know, if Aberdon wins, she gets a title shot. She loses, well, right back to the back of the line, there you go. And Abaddon hasn't wrestled, like, on AEW TV since, I believe, New Year's Smash uh, Night 1 when she wrestled Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's World Title. I thought Abaddon was going to win. I legit thought they were going to put the title on Abaddon. But she's, she's very green still. Like, I've seen what she looks like without, you know, all the makeup. My God, is she beautiful. She really is. But she really is up to the character. Because, of course, there was pictures before you know with all, you know, before all the makeup of course that she puts on but she is very beautiful like holy shit she really is. And I do like her character. I really do. When she debuted last year face Anna J, you know, I thought her character was very unique. I'm like, "Okay, let's see how she can how she can do." She's very funny on Twitter as well. We've never heard her speak on AEW, well she's a zombie, she's not supposed to speak, she did say yeah uh, in um in one of the Bunny's vlogs where they were eating Oreo she was like yeah, and I was like okay, so she does know how to say some things, or she just knows how to say yeah I guess (laughs) but I I do like Abaddon though, I do like I was reading like the spoilers for this match, and some people said it wasn't that good, some people said it was good to be honest, I will say the match was good, but I didn't like the finish. I didn't like the finish. I felt I felt like the finish was pretty weak. They could have done a little bit better with the finish. I mean, I kind of understand it because it did protect. It did really. It did protect Abaddon in a way. I sound like Vince Russo. Like I can't fucking speak, or I'm like the Vince Russo version where I can't speak because the version of Vince Russo is he can't spell. Like I can't fucking speak. God damn. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I didn't like the finish of this match. Like I thought it was weak. The finish, like I said, they could have done a whole lot better with it. The match itself was good. I did like the match. You know, it was it was pretty funny when the table didn't break twice. When fucking Rick Baker did a neck um a neck break a neck breaker on uh, Abaddon, it was going outside the ring to the table and they just like bounced off the table. Didn't even break. What do you think of it? Women, they, they weigh less than the men, though. There's, like, less impact on that table. Like, you really got to make that work. You know what I mean? Like, for the men, it's... Well, sometimes for them, it doesn't break either. That just happens. Like, I remember back in, like, TLC 2010, it was, like, um... What was it? Lay Cool, Michelle McCool and Layla versus Natalia and Beth Phoenix and the table just wouldn't break. I think towards the end, it finally broke... Because of all the impact it took, like, like, it took so many shots. So, like, towards the end, it finally broke. But then, (laughs) and Britt Baker went for a fucking suplex and it didn't break. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, they're they're fucking trying to make this fucking work right here with the fucking table spot. just not working. And then Abaddon got right back up. And Britt Baker was in the ring and fucking Abaddon, what does she grab? She grabs a nice black bag. And what's in this black bag? It ain't plastic spiders. It ain't nothing that's going to hurt you. It's fucking thumbtacks. And Britt Baker was getting fucking flashbacks of what happened to her in Thunder Rosa, St. Patrick's Day Slam. Who, I was like, oh, shit. And they were kind of easy into it. And then finally Abaddon grabbed Britt Baker and choked her right onto the fucking thumbtacks. I was like, holy shit. And we're all in Britt's back. I'm like, oh, my God that was a pretty insane spot like Britt Baker holy shit is she fucking good well that's you know that's pretty obvious I don't know why I have to say that but damn that was something that was really something and Abaddon tried to pin her twice didn't work and we did see Jamie Hayter throw in a chair for Britt Baker and then she hit Abaddon with it Or she like, no, she didn't hit her when she threw it at her face. She didn't like hit her in the back when she like just tossed it at her. Abaddon went down and Brick Baker put the chair on Abaddon's neck and fucking hit her with a curb stomp. See, that's what I don't like right there. Like how Abaddon kind of like no. well, she not kind of, she no self the shit out of that. She got right back up after. I was like, what the fuck? That didn't hurt. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, they they know what they're doing right there with those kind of spots where it's not going to hurt as much. I mean, I get she's a zombie and you could say nothing really affects her. I mean, I, I get it. You know, it takes a lot to hurt a zombie, so it makes sense. I just thought, like, oh, she really just no soul that one. I was like, ugh, okay. And then Print fucking takes the thumbtack so she threw it in Abaddon's mouth, just put it in Abaddon's mouth. I was like, oh my god, are they fucking crazy? And she's going for the lockjaw, and she didn't want to put a fucking hand in Abaddon's mouth. Even with the glove on, Abaddon started biting at her. And then Jamie Hayter, or Rebel, tried to get involved, and and Abaddon was spitting thumbtacks at her, and then Britt Baker went for the roll-up. One, two, three, and that was it. See, right there, they could have done a lot better with that finish right there. They could have done a whole lot better. I feel like the finish was very weak. Like you know, I was gonna say, a little bit weak, but no, it was a very weak finish. It was a really fun match, and it was good. But the finish they could have done a hundred times better than what they did. You know, I get the no selling the curb stop. I understand it. You know, because that's her character. She's a zombie. That's you know, nothing's really supposed to hurt her. But it does protect Abaddon in a way that she got beat by a roll-up pin. But that's unexpected. That's an unexpected kind of finish. So it does make sense because it doesn't really hurt her character. Because she didn't get knocked out at all. So it makes sense. They just they could have done a whole lot better. And some people were kind of criticizing it, saying like, oh, we didn't really like that. You know, just I didn't like it either. I didn't like the finish. You know, the match itself was good. The finish, it was bad. Could have done better. You kind of understand it, but it's like you still could have—you still could have done better. You still could have done better with the finish. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not criticizing the match at all. The match good. Finish could have been a lot better. Could have been a whole lot better. The only bright spot about that finish is it protects Abaddon's character. But it's just like oh, the match was so good, and that's how it ends. Like, come on, that's weak. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. But it was a good episode of Rampage. I really enjoyed it. Non stop action from Rampage. Now we look to uh AEW Dynamite coming up this Wednesday, so only three matches announced. Still, we got uh Cody Rhodes versus Andrade El Idolo. We got um in the TBS Women's Tournament round one between Anna Jay and Jamie Hayter. And in the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament, in the semifinals, we got John Moxley versus Orange Casting. Whoever wins will face Brian Danielson in the finals at full gear. And whoever wins that match will become the number one contender for the AEW World Championship. And for Rampage next week, there's two matches announced so far. In the TBS uh, Women's Tournament Round 1, we got Red Velvet versus The Bunny. That match is like going to be a hit or miss. You know, I feel like it's really going to be a hit or miss. Because we know Red Velvet has botched a lot of AEW. You know, um, The Bunny has gotten so much better in the ring. So we'll, we'll see how it is. And also we got John Silver versus Adam Cole, baby. I'm like, oh, okay. That most likely will be the main event. So I'm looking forward to that one. And on Dynamite, I'm sure they'll announce one more match for Rampage. Maybe a tag team match, which we'll see what happens. But all right, guys. All right. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Like I said, there might be two episodes. So if I talk to you guys, if there's an episode in the morning, that's my World Series a review, or you know, talking about the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series and breaking down their season, obviously. And of course, you know, for the afternoon, it's a race schedule. We talk about my Dallas Cowboys versus the Minnesota Vikings. Hopefully, I'm in a good mood tomorrow. Even though if the Cowboys do lose, it really doesn't affect them because the fucking shitty division we play in, so it doesn't affect me really at all. When you think of it, but still, you yeah, know, come on, let's just let's win tonight, all right? Let's just fucking win. But all right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Talk to you then, guys. Happy Halloween.